Yes, what is it, over? The boss pulling the storm tiger has a car climbing. Is there anything showing, is there? The the water has gone for the past two hours and uh, there's nothing visible just yet, but he'd like you to get there as soon as you, you pass as you can. Okay, you can tell him I'm on my way. Over and out. What did you think you here, Brendan? Yes. I had to take another row of blocks. You see, I had to put so much last night and tie a shot to bring it up. Yes. You see, she stayed at the back of them. Yes. So she was all right in, but I got her this morning and she was up there. Up there, yeah. So I took this outside row. But you see how she pulled herself up now again? Yeah. And uh, the grunt is gone. It, not altogether, no. but great precise it was. Yes. Now one again. Come on, girl. Get up. Come on. Up. Come on. Come on. That's come on. Up to get. See, when she's there now, she'll have to come back. Yes. Ha. Huh. Doesn't like up in there. Look at that now. Do you see? Yes. I had her back. After a while back. She has a different movement now. Right. No. Yeah. Right. Let's send it at her hip there. Hey. Right. General. Yeah. Is she eating? No. She's eaten nothing since. No, no, and her, she hadn't touched anything either. No, uh, yes. Brenda. And you got the liquid paraffin for her? I did. I got it last night at Harris. Yes. And I took a couple of pints of liquid paraffin for myself first. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> like that. I, I came down then. Ah, but Brendan, do you know what I missed it? Yes. I halted it after you going. I had no right, I had right to leave the tie. I suffered with that halter, you see, to try to, to do it. Yes. And I still wasn't able to keep her up, you know. And don't you know now, with the halter, I spilled a lot of it. But I, I, I give about a bottle and a half between spilling and everything, I suppose. Yes. Well, you know, the danger, the danger of the tie around her neck and counting she'd be in a half her pack is that she could choke herself, you know. And like it was safer to leave a heart runner for the night, you know? Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying I would, but I had right to leave it at my daughter, Brendan. Oh, yes. You know, with yes. the heart that devil, I couldn't get her head, you know. Yes, couldn't get her head high enough. High enough? Yeah. Your Vish is your public servant. You have to pay him. Well, he's entitled to his payment. He went and took all his degrees and he went to college and everywhere. Well, we were above with the ditch cutting briars and sorting out spuds down no knees and nothing at all for them this year, but the Vish is. They'll tell you he's raking in the money, but they'll never tell you at all about the service he's giving you. He's giving you 24 hour service around the clock. And he's, as I said, he's your public servant. And make use of him. Just the same as you would with your docs or anything else. Hmm? No? Her back here, probably another lamb, right? No? Yes. Yes. Um, had you been vaccinated? Oh, I have, yeah. Yeah. We're treated anyway, Matty, with the best, the best injections we have. 
Just lift her up there and I put some of this stuff into her womb. Yes, what is it over? Okay, I'll be back in about ten minutes now, over. Over the moat and, and, and uh... yeah, just let me be there a minute. Maggie. This morning you noticed him, was it? Yeah, too old to him. Yeah, he was he was he was running around that time, but uh... yeah. Have you the O's vaccinated? Yes, with the eight and one. Yes, yeah, yeah. good man. And he wants uh, green stuff as well. Yes. Something similar, is that right? Similar. It's yeah. an, an infected Adam's apple, really. You have Adam's apple here in your throat. Yes. It's swollen and it's catching his breathing going down. Yes. He's not able to breathe. Yes. You know? He's not able to eat. I, I'd say he should respond to a few antibiotics, you know? Yeah, good man. I'll give him a few if you want I thought I thought now the one before. Start responding very fast or he'll suffocate, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hold on there a second. How are you doing? We're very lucky with the vets we have at the moment now. These younger vets are more inclined to talk about the diseases. The older men didn't either seem to have the time or want to discuss problems at all. They wanted to come in and do a call, cure a sick animal, and go away again without giving any advice with it. But in a lot of cases, I go out to visit Brendan at night time and uh, tell him about a problem I have. Maybe it doesn't need a visit from him, but he can always sometimes give me medicine to give the animal myself. We're lucky to be in an area here between three or four veterinary offices and we had the choice of, you know, moving from one place to the other. There's a lot of men that don't have the service that we have now. We have a 24-hour service. You know, farmers have a, a peculiar habit of referring to animals that you may have seen two or three years previously as uh, the cow that had the mastitis or the cow that was lame. But it reminds me of a story where a farmer came into his local vet and he said, uh, John, he said, do you remember that horse you castrated for me a few years ago, he said. Imagine, I went out this morning and I found him dead. So the vet, of course, knew that the farmer was in some way insinuating that the castration uh, two years previously had some effect on his death. So he said to him, Paddy, the vet said, do you remember John McGrath that lived down the road? And the farmer said he did. Well, said the vet, he died suddenly last night too and I didn't castrate him. She was fond of the horses now. She wouldn't, I uh, used to give it twice a day to her. Yes. But she, then she got out of it in the evening and I started boiling the meal and barley meal in a mesh, you know what yes. I mean? 
And she takes that. Yes. And she's gone down to the milkman as well. Oh, she? and eat cheese. She's around six weeks' care now, is she? Roughly. Yes. But we want to see her again now. Well, I let her, we let, then we thought if we had a little garden and a big headland and there was some grass on it, we said we'd drive her out, you know, and it got fine in a few hours. It would be fine. And she picked that. Yes. But. Yes. I she wouldn't do she has a cake. Yes. Either. Well, I'd say there's another condition setting in there now. I'd say she was get, she's getting acetonemia, or what they call sugar deficiency, ma'am. Which is very closely related to the other metabolic disease she I had, know, you know? I know. So, um, I think it would be better if we had another look at her, ma'am. Well, it's all right. She's yes. to look. She got it because she has Philly now and got thin. Mm, yes. Well, uh, so. we'll be down to you in about an hour, ma'am. That'll be okay now. Will that be okay? You nearly passed me out. Yeah, I won't pass you out. I'll give you time to go home. <laughs> That'll be all right. Thank you, so you. Okay, ma'am. I said she hasn't improved, and today she's lost the. Yeah. I said this. Yes. Do you o- know? Okay, ma'am. We'll okay, see you for you. Thank you. Thank you. See those cows and cattle grazing along the side of the road there now? That's uh, the owner of that, those was an old woman, but that's a brucellosis reactor herd. And I believe that some of her cows have aborted. And yet, she lets her cattle roam the road, and um, the local farmers have objected to me. I've complained to the district veterinary office. I believe the local farmers themselves have complained to their representative, public representatives, and yet nothing can be done about it. I mean, those cattle are breaking into everybody's uh, land, and all, we have a few very big farmers along this area here out in Myla. We have um, men that have up to 60 and 70 cows, and like, it's not fair to them that those cattle should be allowed to wander on the public road. And as far as I know, the, the guard, the authorities are tired walking them into the pound in Mount Bellio. And yet, it is, as far as I, as far as I'm aware, it is their ultimate responsibility to remove those stock from the road. Just tell me about her again now. She's gone out for milk. Gone out for milk. Gone out for, for food. Yeah. She's six weeks calved. Well, no, I'm not six now. Well, a week off it, I'd say. So. Five, five weeks. Now. Yeah. Yes. A Monday, I'd say she'll be five weeks last Monday now. Yes. I near enough. Near enough. Six. And how much milk does she have in the morning now, ma'am? Oh, four saucepans, I say. Yes. But no, that was nothing to compare comparison with what she used to have. Just about half. Ah, a quarter. That's what was wrong with the poor little cow. She was too honest. Well, she was. She was making no. so heavy. All the, all she used to book it on two or three saucepans yes. with it every mm. summer. And she had this big bag down there, you know. And a big calf. And a big calf. But really, last Christmas that was a real fed, well, well fed cow. She wasn't. No, lovely. You know those when they put these when they had these two lumps on their thighs of, of meat, as I call it. Mm. She was that fed. She started to go down, then we started to give her a bit of Indian meal from a booker before she came. Because then she had a giant of a calf. She fed the calf. She starved herself. <laughs> so that's really what happened. But no, she wasn't short to hear. Oh, she got it. She always got enough cheese. She's after develop, developing another condition now, uh, Mrs. Grady. Yeah. She has, what I told you up at the door, she has sugar deficiency, you know, which is lacking sugar in her blood. So I will give her an injection now for you, and I will give you uh, some stuff that you will dose her with yourself. 
Pinching officer came one time and he asked a man, he said, have you much arable land? He said, have you much land? Yes. Tell him no. <laughs> and how is this? He said then, oh, we have, he said, but there's more of a horrible than arable. <laughs> <laughs> Great crop of hay all the same, haven't you? Oh, we have plenty of hay, of course. You're a lucky man. Very few farmers have it now. I don't know. Uh, maybe if we have more cattle to eat, did you see what other people have? <laughs> they have a lot of cattle and they haven't <laughs> enough hay. We haven't enough of cattle and we have too much hay. So who's the lucky? I see the time we went looking in the one table for a bag of hay for silk calves. Well, who's the lucky farmer then? <laughs> okay. Why don't you get more cattle? Um, when we keep paying the vets, we, we can't afford to be doing <laughs> If she doesn't come up dramatically in her milk now, in four days, Harry, let me know again. Call into the house and I will give you another dose. Okay. Good man, you can hear off there now. Please. Good man. Oh. Just this is the bottle I want to give you now. You'll give her eight fluid ounces twice a day for two days. And how will I know eight fluid ounces? Have you any little dosing bottle? I think I should have. All yes, right. or just, just less than a cupful. Yes, I have. Yes, you have a dosing I bottle? Have, I have. Yes. Well, eight fluid ounces twice a day for two days and four fluid ounces twice a day on the third day. Well, uh, on its own? On its I mean, own. without any mixture at all through? No mixture, nothing through it. All right, fair enough. You'll think of that. I will agree. Good man yourself. I will. Thank I you. almost think of something that's going to do me good. Good man. Stock has gone that valuable when you look back over all these old cures. Stock today, I, I for one wouldn't believe in messing with this old cure, buttermilk and blue stone and whatever you call it to go stop blood and water. I'd, I'd send from it straight away if I noticed any diagnosis of anything like that. I think it's money well spent. It takes a long time to give the price of one calf to a vet. Price is eighty pounds this year. The vet does a lot of work for eighty pounds, I think. Anyway. I, I suppose I spend it, not counting medicine at all. Now, if I count on medicine and everything, it must be costing me way over a hundred pounds a year. Is it money well spent? Oh, of course, it's money well spent. Oh yes. Oh, we didn't do that. Land being overrun with stock as it is now, it's in, there are infections that we never had when I was a young lad. Oh, we didn't spend same price to every farmer. It is a big expense. It, it's it's I don't know. It's it's a matter of luck along at all. Here now, two years ago, and three, back for five years, I was a few years there having them very often. But a couple of years ago, I had them practically for everything, even sheep. You see, but uh, I, I I got out of sheep no less back in the once again me, and I wasn't making. Nothing out of sheep, not not in, in this small place, you see. 
Well, do you call the vet for virtually anything now that goes I around? do. I do now. Except uh, it sucks now for when I buy them in and why scour, I give them some matter of fact 20 and things like that, and I, I get them going all right and writing them off, except in a very bad case. I get them just for that. Were you brought up in a farm? I was. I was. And in your father's time, what happened with Fitz? Well, uh, the, the, in my father's time, I was only five years when my father died. I was the eldest of four. You see, and my youngest brother wasn't born for three months after my father died, so I just can't bear to remember in my father. But I know in these times are when I started off first class at Stephen School, in a small place you practically had very little stock because we, all that was manured at them times was the crop of potatoes and the crop of oats and the bit of hay. And the pastel was left with nothing, you see. And it was bare there, and you couldn't rear any stock worth finding in a small place. But we're rearing three, with the last so many years now, we're rearing treble, four times as much, even in a small place as what we were that time. In them times now, what we mostly done, we went outside and we took land for Conacre, both spuds and oats. And, of course, as you know, in them years, there was a small price for stock. So we sold certified spuds and took land everywhere and uh, seed oats and all that, you see. And that's what practically kept us going in them times. But then, as the time went on and we started manuring the land, we started packing up these potatoes and uh, any crop we had into us for feeding the stock, you see. So you have far greater need for vets now than you had... Oh, far greater need now. There was, in them times, there was very little need... And I'd say with the heavy manure and all, that uh, we made the land so rich as I think myself that the stock, there's greater need for vits. I'd say that um, in dim times we never remember a grass titney or very little milk favour or dim things, but since we started manuring the land heavy and had better grass, I'd say there's more need for, for vits. The land is richer. So many animals are being produced in such a confined area and, for, and that grassland management and fertilisation programmes have been increased so enormously that the metabolic status of the animals aren't able to cope with the sudden changes and in fact they're breaking down in such metabolic diseases as uh, tetany and milk fever and uh, acetonemia and um, the cow the other is being asked to develop and produce more, whereas the internal organs and the hormones of the cow which control that other aren't developing to the same degree. The animal is being treated as a machine where you put in feed through the mouth and you hope to take milk out through the other. But what's not realised is that that machine is one of the most complicated uh, machines in this world and that every cell in that machine is answerable to a particular organ in the body so that the output, in fact, is much greater than the input plus uh, all the extra activity within the animal's body.
I did pet it. No, I just, I, I mean, what? No, I just seen you come. Had a crack in the blow. Father Conn got props in the road. Yes. And Jack Coleman passed on with Arthur Blanc to Coleman. I just seen you there now. Yes. There was a funny car with the, the same spot you'll find. That's right, that's right. I'm a green right. pair. That's right. That's Thanks very much, Penny. Thank you. Thanks very much. So they have to make all their money in these couple of months, don't they? Yeah, no, it's an all-year-round job now. There's only one fish about here. And that was... And any time, nearly every time you go down to his house, you'd find him. Now there are two vits in Belligare and there are four in Montpellier and they're going day and night. If that's history for you now, if you want it. Right heel. There are a lot more cattle on the land. Ah, that's telling it, of course. And there are a lot more treatments. And remember, Burden House Lorry is still on the road. Right. <laughs> You're laughing at me, Brendan. Where's the Well, then we put indoors to catch them. Over there. I would catch them here. One of the big troubles or problems with veterinary practice in this country at the moment is that the most financially rewarding aspects of it are the government schemes. And the government, this this schemes, this scheme involves uh, the TB testing and the blood testing, and each farmer nominates whichever veterinary surgeon he wishes to do this for him, and this essentially is very bad for practice. Why? For the simple reason that the farmer is can hold the veterinary surgeon to ransom, and uh, it creates tremendous opposition between veterinary surgeons in any particular area, creates a lot of aggro. We have the, the O clipped and washed and um, shaved. We have now applied an iodine antiseptic to finally clean the skin and we're after putting on surgical spirits just to defect the skin and to get rid of any local infection might, that might be there. You know, see James Putting on the drapes and everything is set for the surgery. We've already given the O a local anaesthetic on the site of incision, no general anaesthetic. Uh, Why not? Because um, firstly there's no need for it uh, and secondly uh, ruminants in general, cows and sheep, don't take to general anaesthesia too well because of the regurgitation because they're animals that chew their cud. And uh, there's a possibility, possibility of inhalation pneumonia. And uh, there's really no need for it. You can carry on very satisfactory surgery by local anaesthesia and by tying them down with ropes, which, as you can see, we have done here now. We're making the skin incision now uh, on, uh, along the line where we have applied the local anaesthetic. No, these are different layers of muscle. There are four layers of muscle which we have to get through uh, before we reach the internal lining, the peritoneum.
two layers, oblique layers, and one straight layer of muscle. And then we reach the peritoneal cavity, inside which is the uterus. James is about to incise the, the straight muscle and peritoneal cavity at the moment. There you have the omentum, which is the f layers of fat which surround the, the um, rumen and the uterus protruding through the skin incision. This is a very fat you. Okay, John, you can leave him down. Yeah. But um, I think I've revived him. As you saw me there, I pumped him and swung him and uh, applied artificial respiration. He's beginning to breathe now again. Pardon? I know there was something wrong. It was so long gone, is it? Oh, it's dark. Oh, it is. What happened there? It's the uterus itself. We're so suturing the uterus uh, again. Uh, going in is very fast, but coming out uh, again is what's slow. We have to suture all the layers again as we incise them on the way in. We're now uh, suturing the uterus. It's very much the same kind of sewing that women do. Uh, well, it is. <laughs> the needle is the same anyway, or it's slightly curved, whereas women have straight needles. But, uh, in fact, it may look simple now, but um, it's uh, a type, it's uh, an inverted Lambert suture, which is very essential if you want to get the uterus to knit properly again. Uh, to the observer, it might look simple, but... If you, if you suture the uterus in any other fashion, the uterus would keep seeping. It wouldn't knit, and your, your surgery would be hopeless, really. Wait, you see the 60 knot coming up in a minute. As you see, it's our guard that's used as a surgery, so there's uh, a great demand, really, on hygiene and hosing the garage out and washing clothes and everything. It's very constant, and I think until I went out with Brendan on calls, I didn't appreciate how difficult it is for him to keep his clothes clean. But uh, you would be kept busy all the time keeping his clothes washed. There are many demands on... It's the door and the phone and the seven-day a week of every week of the year, really, that is very demanding and very trying at times. And uh, I think the public don't realise, really, that uh, their call is one of so many every single day that sometimes you might look a little bit tired at the door and feel a little bit off and that smile is a little bit drawn on the face. And mind you, at the mid-hour of night or during the night it can be a bit startly creeping down the stairs and hearing somebody at the door and halfway are you opening it, you know, but you have to do it really or the client will think that there's nobody there. You go ahead and you prepare a meal or you're looking after the children and the door goes and you have to be there and that itself really is very disappointing because uh, if you have a meal ready naturally you like to be able to sit down and eat it but then the door goes and then the phone goes and the door again 
Testimil is very broken up and family life really is very broken up at times because of the constant draw that is to the door and phone. It's worse at some times of the year than others. Well, spring, of course, is the busier time of the year going on into summer, spring to summer. And then it's nearly 24 hours a day. You can be up and down the stairs at night and picking up the phone beside the bed, really, all the time. Back the legs, John. Then back into it. Okay, 
You get a drop of cold water, John, throw it on, you're reviving pretty fast. Here. Let's hope it's fierce, Jack. Huh? Jeez, I'm going to put on the cabin, Jack. Just do it. No, it has to be pure cold. Please be careful, right? Huh? I shouldn't, no, I don't think so. Yeah, just leak him down. Just pass the water back there before you can open it. Well, the main physical danger is that you're going to get a kick uh, from a, a cow or a horse. It's going to break or fracture your leg. Um, we, we have to get into tight positions, but I try never to take chances. As you might notice over the last few days, I always talk to the animals when I approach them. I rub them down and um, I try to keep myself out of danger without being cowardly. Um, I think that that is the secret really, not to take chances and to mind yourself. Well, a cow nearly got you this evening. Yes, I was calving that heifer this evening and when I went to handle her, she lashed out. Uh, as you might notice, I was standing pretty close to her so that she could not get me with the full volley of her kick. Uh, that is the only way I can protect myself with a vicious heifer like her. I'm about to castrate a few calves now, John. Some of them with the squeezers, the bordizo, and some of them with the knife. They've gotten too strong and I had to do uh, open surgery on them. This is a rough enough job. It is. Uh, this particular farmer has got a chute, which makes the job very easy, but um, you have to got to go in and operate between their hind legs, which is, has its hazards. We'll squeeze these off. These are light enough. Catch his tail now. Straight up on his back. Good grip at the tail now, Jimmy. That's the job. Hold on now. That. Hi, Jimmy. Uh, well, I only, they wanted me to scold the cattle, which was, the weather was too bad. I, I only castrated them for them. I told them I'd send them a card again when I do the schooling, you know? Yeah. But, um, the weather was very bad, you know? I see I see where you had a, where you had a caesarean yourself. Oh, yeah. The, um, there was um, Jack Murphy. Very, very, very young animal. She was just barely able to stand and a grand calf. Yeah, you got more alive, did you? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd say the heifer should be all right, too. Uh, you'll be the one who's revisiting her now tomorrow. Very good. But uh, I think that should be all right. Yeah, it's funny enough, I had one today too. So I only usually get two caesareans on the one day. I had one up in, in, in Hampstead myself today, and I had a live calf as well, you know. But sure, she was only a little wane in herself. Was she able to stand? Was she standing? Or was she oh, down? she was. She was standing. But I did her lying down. 
putting one of these starvation cases we're meeting no. a lot of no not really um, what was I saying what other calls you do today Michael Dean Mount Hazel was that Kev dead was he oh yeah that Kev was dead Jimmy Dean Mount Hazel remember yeah no, he died his temperature never came up in 95 at Hotcher and um, despite he put him under the red lamp and all but never never came up as you've seen over the last few days, John, an awful lot of farmers are taking their animals into us uh, at the surgery. And we believe that in the long term that it's not going to be economical to go out to farms to visit sheep and calves and small such animals. So therefore, we believe that an animal hospital is going to be essential for our uh, long-term development. And we have immediate plans to uh, erect such a hospital where a veterinary surgeon would be available 24 hours a day, standing there waiting for the patients, and that all uh, bad cases would be hospitalised, uh, chronic cases would be hospitalised, and all yos and sheep would be presented to us uh, there in the hospital at a much reduced fee from the farmer's point of view. Over the last two years, I have prescribed an awful lot of drugs to farmers as a follow-up treatment to visits I made to the farm. But I have found that there's such a vast amount of poor quality drugs on the market that I couldn't guarantee, the farmers couldn't be guaranteed to get the drugs I wanted them. And uh, as there is no real legal control on veterinary drugs in this country, I found it essential that we should supply the farmers with what we regard as top quality veterinary drugs. And that is why uh, we opened our uh, office and shop in the centre of the town to guarantee farmers a full supply of top quality veterinary drugs. And that's all we stock in that shop. I can go back three years and I call my vet if I'm a doubt based out in the field as when you look when you go look at stock, go and look at them once a day, every twenty four hours. Now, if you have time in the evening when you have your work done, I go back and let's look at the cattle. Well I find when you go and put up your cattle and if you find a lad kind of drowsy and he'll go off on his own and pick it because there's something coming on that lad now it's a, and I give him an hour or two I was in doubt I go back again take him home ring for me bit and I find going through stock that the man that'll call his bit the orphanist is the man that's making the most money I have a record in four years I haven't lost a bit now if your bit gives you good service if you call him he'll be there an hour He'll tell you, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Well, ten time, nine times out of ten, that bit came. Now, it doesn't matter what time you call, if you have a yaw dropping, they'll tell you, get the quake and we'll examine her. And when you have the harem done, then send for your bit. Well, to my mind, that's out. If I'm in doubt, I won't handle his sheep. I wouldn't ask any neighbour to handle his sheep. If they thought there was anything wrong at all, go back to the kiosk, spin the shilling, spin four pound, he could save a pair of lamb for you. He could save a Frisian bull calf for you. He can save a Frisian heifer calf to you. And if you save that calf and put him over a year, or put him over five years, you'll call your bit a long time before he takes away that calf for them two lambs. That's honest. That's sincere now.
over the past week, something in the nature of 10,000 young people gathered in Wexford for the national finals of the annual festival of youth, Snuggle. I'd like to look back a couple of years to Snuggle 76 and listen to two guys who gave a very successful account of themselves at Salt Hill. One player is Siobhan Gorloff, a horn in our ear. Oh, my God.
Oh, my God. 